Dog Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. It's a three. In and out. Rebound. Payton. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Right and Gary St. What up, ladies and gentlemen? We welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean taking your calls all hour long. I wonder what you might want to talk about tonight. 888-957-9570. Again, that number, 888-957-9570. Reminding you that the Warriors 2023-24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. And Gary, look, I was in traffic last night. Didn't get home until like 7.15 or so. I turned on the game and there was 10 minutes and 15 seconds to go in the first quarter did, did i miss anything in that first minute 45 against the timberwolves last night <laughs> just a wee bit uh <laughs> Kev, i i gotta tell you uh i'm getting old because for me uh that was a technical fall on the two guys engaged and uh i might have thrown draymond out and and i would have thrown out gobert uh after that uh let's play uh in the old days I just thought even that early in the game, I thought the officials were late uh, in this sense. That started at the free throw, uh, at uh, free throw line extended, and it kind of really got going at midcourt. With three refs, I, I would have thought a whistle could have helped that matter. Um, I I'm just bewildered. Five games. I know Draymond's got a history, but uh, I, I just think that's too much. Yeah, so let's – Read the press release from NBA PR, and, and you just alluded to it, Gary. Warriors forward Draymond Green suspended five games without pay for escalating an on-court altercation and forcibly grabbing Rudy Gobert around the neck in an unsportsmanlike and dangerous manner. Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert have each been fined 25000 for their roles in the incident. And, and I guess the thing that I'm curious about, Gary, and, and we'll – relive this play and everything that came out uh, of it for the for the next few minutes is that if Rudy Gobert was deemed a peacemaker uh, upon further review how is he getting fined $25,000 right that that shows you right there like he grabbed Clay Thompson now it, it wasn't the headlock that Draymond Green put Rudy Gobert and I, I'm not disputing that and and sure like I I totally get the Draymond Green ejection but that didn't come out of thin air like he was going to help his teammate and look I, I Rudy Gobert is not a complete angel in this situation Nah, you're exactly right and I, I've talked many nights about big guys like him they're awkward their elbows are right in your face the majority of the night and um you know, I, I just I just look at the whole situation. Yeah, Draymond did come in there. But we should talk about this. Coaches sit their team down in training camp, and they talk about if there is an altercation, what you do. You don't hold back your teammates. You go and get the opponents, and you grab one of them. Because if you hold one of your own, he might get sucker punched. The coaches have a meeting in the beginning of the year, and they talk about it. Well, now there's so many coaches... Uh, you could, you know, go 15 rounds here. But at the end of the day, the guys in the front, 
uh, are probably going to go on the court. Maybe the guys in the second row are going to jump on the court because you can't let the guys from the bench go on there because there's an automatic suspension there. And I can tell you a story about the old days where we had to play with eight players for three games in a row um, because of guys getting thrown out. Uh, I, I just, listen, I got a lot of respect for Joe Dumars. Uh, we all know he was a great player, a Hall of Famer, a class act, a good guy in the position that he's in. But think about who he played with. Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> yeah. Rodman, uh, Lambeer, and Mayhorn. Let me and and I'm and John Sally. I, I'm I can go on and on. Uh, Livingston, those guys were the epitome of cheap shot artists. So um, I I just I just think it's too much. I, I would have been I could have lived with two or three, but five to me is crazy. Well, they were called the Bad Boys Pistons for a reason, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Yeah. They they earned that moniker. All right, all right, Gary. Put yourself in Steve Kerr's shoes. If you know having the coaching experience that you have, if that had happened, that same exact situation happened when you were the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Say you're coach of the Golden State Warriors. That happens last night. What are you saying to Draymond Green and Clay Thompson after the game? Well, the whole thing with with uh, Clay, that stuff happens. You know, it's grab. I grab you. I you know, it's like first grade kindergarten stuff. I grab you. You grab me. We don't let go, and then we start pushing. Well, right away, McDaniel's trying to tell Draymond, I'm going to be physical, or to Clay, I'm going to be physical with you all night long. I'm going to be up in your grill. Clay Thompson's not a good guy to do that with. He's a no. wonderful guy, but I'm going to tell you what now. He, he, uh, he doesn't show a ton of emotion out there, but you can, you can get him going. You can get his grill. You, you're trying to intimidate him? No way. Uh, so that was the whole the whole scenario there, and then you know Gobert came in and he did the right thing. He was defending his teammate, but the way he did it, grabbing the head, I would encourage guys to kind of bear hug around the waist or the chest rather, and uh, that's better than going up up with the head. Anything up around the head is going to be bad news. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and hey, Mark, we, we have the sound. I was wondering if you could play this. Mark Grandy behind the glass for us. This is what Steve Kerr had to say on his thoughts on the ejections to start the game. And then, Gary, I want to get your reactions after this. There's no way Clay Thompson should have been thrown out of the game. I mean, he's running up the floor, and he, the guy grabs his jersey, and he's pulling on him, and so Clay pulls back. And uh, no way Clay should have been ejected. That was ridiculous. So I was upset about that. And then uh, the Draymond piece of it, um, if you watch the replay, Rudy had his uh, hands on Clay's neck, and that's why Draymond went after Rudy. And uh, that's I saw one replay um, right after it happened. Guys on the back of the bench were telling us uh, Rudy had Draymond, uh, or had Clay, and that's why Draymond went went at Rudy. So that's all I all I know. But it was yeah, a bizarre way to start the game a minute and a half in. Well said by Steve. Um, you know he he broke it down, and from from his he's sticking up for his players, and obviously like he should. And uh, you know I I could have seen both those guys getting the T, Clay and, and McDaniel. But 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 here's the deal: to throw them both out for that. I, I didn't see much with it, so I, I agree with them there. And the whole thing, again, is about protecting your teammates. That's what those two guys tried to do, and I guess they're claiming. You're trying to tell me that five games for Green and a $25,000 fine for Gobert um, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
Look, I, I, I'm with you on this one, Gary. But as you can imagine, the reaction around the country has not been exactly the sentiments we shared. There, you know, Jason Williams, uh, Jay Williams on ESPN said Draymond Green should get ten games. So thankfully, that didn't happen. I was listening to Sirius XM NBA Radio, the top of the show. Justin Termini, Eddie Johnson on NBA Today, they do a great job. Termini went in on Steve Kerr for that soundbite, and I guess my reaction to what Kerr said is it's kind of the reaction that I had when Taylor Jenkins stood up for his guys mm. in the 2022 yeah. playoff series against the Golden State Warriors saying mm, curious calls it was curious what happened like kind of questioning the officiating like I was totally cool with Taylor Jenkins it, he sounded crazy but that's what I'd want out of my head coach right I want my head coach to stand up for me if one of my players ran someone over uh you know driving down the street my reaction would be I, I want my head coach to say why was that pedestrian standing there right like you're supposed to defend your guys no matter what and so that's what Steve Kerr is doing here yes Draymond was in the wrong for putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock like we're not contesting that but Look, Draymond's defending his guy, and Kerr's going to defend Draymond as a result. I have zero issue with that. I 200% agree with you. And, uh, you know, Steve, gosh, you know, played for so long, and he's done such a fantastic job coaching. And uh, that's exactly his role in this situation, is to stick up for his guys. And uh, you know what? The guys in the locker room appreciate that. There's no doubt about it. They, they don't want you sitting up there and trying to soft soap it. At the end of the day, you're going to stick up for you guys. And uh, he did just that. You know, one thing I learned from last night's game with that whole fracas is, is that teams have an extra backup jersey for each player by, <laughs> with number two because you saw Clay Thompson putting on another 11 jersey in, in the, the San Francisco cable car jersey. I just assumed Clay was going to get a blood jersey. I, I was, you know, I was a former manager in college basketball and we did not have two of each jersey if we lost the jersey which actually happened in the Pac-10 tournament in 2008 someone stole one of our players jerseys we had to FedEx a new one and so one of our guys was going to have to wear a blood jersey for a game if we didn't get that in time I, I did not realize that they had backup jerseys with the last name and everything for each player well times have changed Kev since your day and mine uh, when I first started, guys carried their own equipment, and sometimes they wore the same shirt uh, on the road a couple games in a row. That was a good way for a guy to get the heck off you defensively. You might have stunk a little bit. You, you mean uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't do laundry in not, between not games? Not every game, no. Wow. And uh, sometimes they'd be stiff as boards. Uh, the stories of the old days – yeah, they'd, they'd usually carry an extra jersey, but it might be a triple XL, and you're a, a you're a large or whatever. Uh, but this new thing about you know carrying a whole extra set. Listen, uh, I could tell you great stories about Eric Housen. That, that guy's the best. Oh, yeah. that's the equipment guy, and he's, he's the, the very very best in the entire NBA. And right away, he he was ready to operate. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, maybe those are like throwaways. That that ripped right off them. Yeah, you know, an another thing that uh, – just one last thing on the whole 
Clay Thompson, Jaden McDaniels aspect of this is that if you both have a simultaneous grip of each other and you're in motion, I mean, look, I don't know physics very well. I didn't take a physics class, but it's not as simple as just letting go. I I didn't like the prolonged grip. I'm not quite sure I understand that being a reason for ejection because, look, at some point, if you're spinning around, you're almost holding on to the other person at some point just for some stability. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I'd have to watch it again. I, was there a real need for Gobert to come jumping in there? I, I, I just can't justify that. And on the other end of the spectrum, Draymond acted like he, he should as a teammate. And I said it before. If you're going in, you got to go below, below the neck. Uh, yeah. that, you know, you're sending red, red lights when you grab uh, guys around the neck. And, uh, you know, I, hey, I, I feel for the whole team. Uh, but we're going to talk about last night's game and guys being out and getting other guys getting an opportunity to step up. And I'll, I'll make one statement to your head before we talk about this. If yeah. I was Steve Kerr, I, I would bet he went in that locker room and he told the guys, listen, I love you. I love you. I love the way you compete. I love the way you played together. We came up short. We had turnovers down the last couple minutes. But every single one of you that played, just played your heart out, and uh, we're really proud of you. Well, yeah, it's a good point you bring up, Gary. There was actually a game that was played last night, and the Minnesota Timberwolves did win it, 104-101. to and, and really, the clay ejection might have been a blessing in disguise since the result was Brandon Pajemski coming in earlier, and we really got to see his full bla- full bag on display. I mean, 23.7 rebounds, five assists. It, it was the Brandon Pajemski show last night. <laughs> now, Kev, you probably have a background of that bandage he had over the eye. Yeah, I'll but, get into uh, that. He, he looked a little bit like Rocky, and... You know, I'm I'm watching this guy play, and I'm, I'm I'm I really liked him during the exhibition season, and I like his feel for the game, uh, I like his toughness. He gets in there and rebounds, he makes the correct passes, he moves without the ball, he tries to defend, but he really got me because I know he's left-handed. When he drove left and quick finished with his right hand, oh, that was a hand. great move. That one, that one, that one. I go, whoa, what the heck? Then the next thing you know, he clock's running out and he banks in that three and i'm like have a night young fella have a night because uh (laughs) he he was he was terrific and and those are the things that sometimes happen i mean you you know davis and him a lot better than me and i i just really feel good about these guys and they're all going to get an opportunity because there's uh there's 48 minutes that we're not going to have from draymond every night well, I did their draft press conference, Trace and Brandon, and and so I saw Kirk Lacob, you know, the day after they drafted these two, and Kirk was telling me, "You're gonna like this Brandon guy. He's got some vinegar to him. Like he <laughs> just has that that angst, that you know, that moxie about him that we really saw on display last night." And, and let's hear from Brandon. Uh, he was with Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 a couple hours back. This is what he had to say about playing the G League on Friday, and then I'll give you the backstory on that bandage, and then scoring 23 on Tuesday in the NBA. It's kind of been a little bit of a whirlwind. I remember we came back from Denver um, late on Wednesday night after the game, and me and Trey's had an early morning. We, we woke up, drove down to Santa Cruz, and practiced on Thursday, stayed down there Thursday, and 
had a game Friday. We played well. We got the dub for, for Coach Nick in his first game um, in the G League as a head coach. And then drove back up Friday night after the game and was there Saturday, Sunday. We got in both games on Saturday late and Sunday late. And then, you know, whatever the situation is called for, we were ready to go um, yesterday. So it's cool. I mean, you get to play basketball for a living and you get paid to do it. Um, it may seem like a lot to some people, but, you know, for me, this is the fun part. Well, that's that's spoken from the heart. You can feel the passion for the game. He's grateful. He's humble. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there on my, on my couch, and he earned my respect last night. I just really like the way he played the, the game, and he, he earned a lot of respect from his teammates. So about the bandage and Fitz and Kalena were talking about it on the broadcast that it happened in the G League game. So yeah, Friday they played the Stockton Kings. In the second half of that game, he was going for a rebound underneath the rim, and he caught an elbow from Chance Comanche. And if you know who Chance Comanche is, he's like six no. eleven. He's he's a big dude. He played one game in the NBA with the Portland Trailblazers last year. Actually, against it was game eighty two against Golden State, the one where the Warriors won by like fifty something. Comanche got like seven points, three rebounds. Uh, he's what I call Ronaldo Major All-Star, one game of NBA experience. <laughs> I, I love Ronaldo Major. But um, but anyway, so he took a big elbow, and this was inadvertent. Like, Comanche's going for the basketball. You, you talked about big guys throwing Wait, their elbows around. Exactly. So exact same situation with, with, like, the elbows and Gobert. Like, he caught it square on the eye, and at first we – we didn't really even show the replay on the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast because our producer deemed it like too gruesome. Like he was cut up big time. Wow. Like our producer said he thought he saw a bit of like his like eyelid on the ground. Like I don't know if that actually happened. I was expecting it to be more gruesome than he the way he described it. I thought like his eye was gonna fall out. Obviously that didn't happen. Uh, thankfully it was, it, but it was a major league bruise. Like we, we did show the bruised eye on the broadcast, if I remember correctly, or maybe we just showed it on the ISO monitor for Drew Schiller and myself. But I mean, like it did not look good on Friday and he got back in there <laughs> and he had 24 points and seven rebounds in that Santa Cruz Warriors win over the Stockton Kings. And then has just continued to play. I mean, there's a toughness uh, about this kid that that is really evident, Gary. There sure is, uh, you know. And I, my son Greg said, "Hey, Dad, think about this," because I, I watched Williams play against uh, Phoenix the other night from Santa Clara, and now watching this guy. And yeah. you know, I I met Herb Sendek when he was an assistant to Rick Pitino at Kentucky years and years ago. Heck of a and, coach. Uh, he's he's a terrific coach. He's got a heck of a program going down there, and those two guys uh, really exemplify the program that he's had. They're they're really uh, good, tough play, young players. Yeah, I mean, they just beat Stanford last night. They're three and zero on the season. Did Santa Clara, yeah, they they won by twelve. Uh, wow. So they're they're they really have something good going on. But yeah, I, I want to go back to that play you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Gary, about him finishing with his right hand on on that one move, like as the shot clock's winding down. The other thing that was impressive about that play is that was the drive from the lefty side, right? Like, so right. he's a strong arm left, and he's going down the left side of the lane. That's a traditional finish with the left, but he goes with his offhand on his strong arm side was, I mean, I thought next level. Well, it really is. And it's, it's a difficult shot and it's hard to make. 
especially when you're going against a shot blocker. And that's when you're going on that angle coming in from that left side for a layup, you normally are going to use your left hand, lift your left leg, and your right shoulder is a shield to yep. uh, to take away the block of the defender. So that way there you get it up on the rim. But what he did is he caught the defender completely by surprise because he still went off that leg but used the right arm to quick it lay it in. He also made a move, Kev, where he was on the right side and drove and used went underneath and used the rim as a protector against the shot blocker and used his left hand to lay it in. So very, very good finish around the basket. Usually you don't see young guys doing that against shot blockers because they don't play against that many in college. Yeah, another thing that I really like about Brandon Pajemski is his rebounding. Look, I mean, he oh, had boy. seven rebounds last night. He had seven rebounds in the G League game. But this is a guy, it goes beyond that. At Santa Clara last year, he averaged 8.8 rebounds per game. Yeah. And look, I know the WCC doesn't have the same size or athleticism as the NBA or the G League. But still, I mean, for a, for a guy his size to be getting 8.8 rebounds per game in college when there are fewer possessions, it's a 40-minute game. And then for him to get seven rebounds in an NBA game, like, again, you talk about that toughness. That's just that's another area where that comes up. Super, super valuable to your team when you have guards that rebound. And the game has changed so much now. Long shots create long rebounds. He's not adverse to getting in there. Uh, uh, we call it a V-back when he's weak side and the guy below him rotates over to go for a shot block. He's got to go put his body on the big guy that uh, was over there on that uh, opposite side. And he's not afraid at all. And I, I love that about him. And he gets right in there and gets long rebounds and He's got a feel. Some guys have a feel for where the ball's coming off, yep. and that's a gift. Uh, that's that's a that's winning basketball. No, it definitely is. And you know, Steve Kerr made no bones about it last night. Pods has earned himself a rotation role, uh, no question. After what he did against Minnesota, so the question becomes, Gary, where do the Pods minutes come from? Well, if you know Steve Kerr and coaches uh, that that I love, we're gonna go smaller. We're not getting bigger. We're going smaller. So you may see Clay at the four and him at the three and Curry and, and Davis in the backcourt. Who the heck knows? But I, I love it. You know, players earn minutes. You don't hand them minutes. They earn them. And that game he had last night opened everybody's eyes, and, and uh, he, he certainly put an exclamation point on, on his play. I mean, it's, 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 I'm really anxious to see him play here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, should be fun. And look, you figure he's going to get some significant time on Thursday because Steph Curry will be unable to play. Thankfully, the MRI on his knee came back clean, but it's going to keep him out of Thursday's game, but could be coming back pretty soon thereafter. And that was another reason why Pods got some minutes last night is because yes. Steph was unable to go. Well, again, I like the Warriors' philosophy. They're, they're, years ago, guys would just play and uh, – they put them, you, you got to sit guys down and tell them why. Uh, and you don't want to risk, you know, this becoming a long-term problem. And we yeah. always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you're probably not thrilled with the last couple weeks outcomes. But at the end of the day, uh, you got to protect Steph Curry. He's been one of the best players in the entire league the first uh, 10 games here. And uh, he's going to come back and play superb and, 
you know, as as the guys were saying last night, even had two other guys score 20 points. So yeah. it's going to be a team effort to get these wins, playing against some really good young teams here at home. Uh, we could talk on OKC later, but I talked about Williams and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Holy moly, what a quality guard. It, the, the future is here for Oklahoma City. It's yes, not it next is. year. The future is now. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that other guy who scored 20-plus points last night for Golden State, Dario Saric, on the other side of this break. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill's 25th Anniversary Tour is coming to San Francisco. Come see Miss Lauren Hill and the Fugees live at Chase Center on Friday, November 17th. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. All right, time for a break. When we come back, some Dario Saric, Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins talk, and a look ahead to the Thunder right here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screen by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Join us live at Chase Center on Saturday, November 18th for Filipino Heritage Night as the Dubs take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives standing by for Filipino Heritage Night, November 18th, Saturday against OKC. We'll talk about the Thunder in a little bit because they got another uh, two-game set at home with another team uh, in Thursday and Saturdays. We are here on Warriors Roundtable, 95.7 The Game. Hit us up, 888-957-9570. Kevin Dan and Gary St. Jean with you. Let's uh, continue the conversation about the loss to Minnesota last night. Dario Scharch, another guy who has continued to impress. Like, he might not have been super efficient last night. He was 3 of 11 from downtown. But 21 points from a non-Steph player has been a cause for celebration this year, Gary. Kev, how old do you think he is? Dario Sarch has got to be about 29. He was 2014 draft class, I want to say. Okay. Well, there's a lot of GMs in our league that are saying, why the heck did we not sign him? He He's a minimum guy, a veteran minimum. And this whole thing to me is about Chris Paul and the relationship and the respect they had for each other. And I, I just feel that he talked him into coming to the Warriors and boy, oh boy, what a, I just love watching the guy play. His game yeah. makes basketball sense. He knew last night he had to do more off the bounce than he normally does. And uh, he was getting in the paint and uh, just just had a heck of a game. He, he's giving it all out there and um, he, he's a bright light. I, I just, uh, I asked my son, Greg, I said, Greg, he, I guess he wasn't with Phoenix at the end of last year because I said, well, why the heck wouldn't you want him back? And uh, I don't know where he finished last year, but boy, oh boy, he, he's, he's a terrific addition. Yeah, so he finished last year with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was coming okay. off that uh, torn ACL, so he missed the entire 21-22 season that he tore his ACL in the 21 NBA Finals. And, of course, that was a, a later final, so that was July, not June. So it kind of pushed him back all the way out of the 21-22 season and then got moved to Oklahoma City. Now, of course, here with Golden State. And you mentioned him making moves off the bounce. And look, if you just watched him kind of go up and down the court, even with the basketball in his hands, 
it doesn't look with some of his herky-jerky motion that he would have what he actually has in his bag because I mean, he's going behind the back in traffic and, you know, threading the needle and getting to the hoop and having some really tough finishes. Look, don't look some, don't let some of that motion, uh, herky-jerky motion fool you. That guy is a killer with the rock in his hands at times. Well, over in Croatia and Serbia, the, the fundamentals are taught beautifully by the coaches, and it starts at a very, very young age. doesn't matter if you're small or big, and uh, you can see it with him. He, he's, he's just – and there's not a lot of bigs as big as him that are that comfortable facing the basket. He's, yes. he's in a real comfort zone uh, when he's in that situation. That's for sure. And the other thing is he's not afraid to take big shots, not no. afraid to make plays. I mean, that three he hit to put him up 98-96, uh, that, that, that was knuckle-whitening time, and he came through in a big <laughs> moment for Golden State last night. Uh, he did, and the guys on the bench were going crazy. Uh, you know what? And that's believing in yourself, but your teammates believe in you too, and your coaches do, and that's why you take that shot. Yeah. Now, moving on from Dario Saric to Chris Paul, it was a big reason why Saric is here. They have that great chemistry. Unfortunately for CP3, wasn't his best finish uh, in a game in his career. Had the big turnover late leaving his feet. He mm. passed up a wide-open elbow jumper. And, you know, I was curious how much kind of the shooting struggles he's had early this year played into him not taking that elbow jumper. I mean, he was wide open. And also, the elbow is, you know, to quote Bob Fitzgerald, that's his office, as Fitz would say. Maybe more so the right elbow than the left elbow where he was on that play. But but still, that is where he operates. I would call it his bank. And uh, <laughs> that's where he's made a lot of money. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, we've watched that for years, right-handed. And uh, when he's on that left side of the floor, he's not going to go in there, even though he's strong as heck, and go in there and challenge the trees in the deep paint. He loves getting to that 14-foot area, which I call the elbow right there. And he's so comfortable. And sometimes when you haven't been making shots, you get unselfish to a fault. You've got to take the shots that are created on the floor. And he knows that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But he, he was a little hesitant. You talked about that drive where he got the turnover. When you're going along the baseline and you go underneath the basket, a cardinal rule is don't throw it back out into the paint. If you're yeah. going to make a pass, go to that corner, and the worst that's going to happen, it's going to get knocked out of bounds on the baseline. You throw it back in the middle, it gets stolen there, and the next thing you know, it's going down the, the court uh, numbers for the opponent, and uh, they're getting a layup. So uh, you don't see that much from him, or you haven't seen it much in his entire career. Um but I, you know what, I, he's starting to look comfortable to me. Like he knocked in a three last night. Yep. I just think he's going to be uh, just getting better and better. I, I love the way uh, the usage uh, that he's getting with Steve. I think he's feeling pretty darn comfortable. Look, he's 8 of 40 from three on this season. That's yeah. 20%. He's going to get to the mid-30s sure for three at, yeah. at some point this season, like uh, without a doubt. And, and he's done a lot of good things for Golden State this year. Like you, Gary, I wouldn't expect him to make those same mistakes going forward. He is too smart of a player. And, and the other thing is, you know, people thought Chris Paul would be a liability on defense. And look, I know he's not at his athletic peak that he used to be when he was seven-time first-team all-defense in his career. 
But I think he's shown a lot on the defensive end this year, especially when like a big tries to post him up. He's not having it. <laughs> never, never doubt his toughness now. And uh, he, he's, he's loud. He's, uh, he's demonstrative. And he's going to let you know out there. Uh, he'll tell the refs. He'll tell the opponents, his teammates. Uh, he, he loves to drive the bus. And he does a great job at it. Now here's, again, we're going to look at the end of the year. And I can just tell you from the past few years, what happens in the playoffs um, is you figure out where you got a matchup advantage. And that's what's happened there where we don't see the isolations as much as we used to. But you're going to see people maybe attack when they get him quickly off the bounce. And maybe he's not as quick as he used to be. And you said he takes care of business down on the box. Uh, but you know what? He, he's working at it. They, they've got to some guys that are stoppers, and they've got some other guys who are cerebral, smart defenders. The game today is about team defense. Yeah, no, that that's for sure. It, it, it's about team defense. And a guy who has been a great team defender and someone who has been a stopper for Golden State since he got there right before COVID hit in 2020 is Andrew Wiggins. Now, yeah. last night, his shot wasn't falling. But I thought he absolutely battled. Yes, he was 4 of 15. Yes, he was 1 of 7 from deep. Yes, the three-point shooting woes continue. The the number's not pretty from downtown for Wiggins this year. But another beastly night on the glass. His seventh straight game with multiple offensive rebounds. He only had two last night. It felt like he had a lot more than two offensive rebounds. And I will take that kind of effort from Andrew Wiggins every night. Well... You know, you're such a high pick in the draft years ago in Minnesota's days that people thought that, you know, his, his uh, effort level was subpar. Uh, I, don't, I can't even begin to tell you how pleased I am with how hard he plays. And I feel for him right now. Uh, this is a tough game. And when it's not going well in terms of the offense, sometimes that can affect your total game. Give him credit. As you said, he's trying to rebound. And uh, he's trying to defend. Now, he's a unique player. He's what you call now your best two-way player. He's, gonna, he's taking Clay's place in defending the best perimeter guy on the opponent. And uh, then on offense, he's probably your best guy driving the basketball into the paint. So uh, he's got some tough, tough things to handle. Uh, but I, I think he's got to just see the ball going through the net a little bit. And uh, it'll start to get better for him. He's got good people around him. You know, all these guys that are going to be Hall of Famers and he's got fabulous coaches and, you know, they're, they're going to work with him and, and keep it. The big thing is to keep believing. Don't get down on yourself. We believe in you and go at it. Yeah, I mean, at some point, the shot has to start falling. Yeah. Right? He's 40% from the field, 15% from downtown. Regression to the mean, or progression to the mean, in, in this case for Wiggins, it, it, at some point is going to happen. Dub Nation, don't miss the last game of the homestand. Join us live at Chase Center on Monday, November 20th, as the Dubs face the Houston Rockets, presented by Michelob Ultra. Get your tickets now at Warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOPER. Representatives are standing by. Time for another break. When we come back, taking your calls, 888 957 9570 discussing the in-season tournament a little bit boy there's been some fireworks and taking a look ahead to the oklahoma city thunder right on the other side of this timeout right here on 95.7 the game if you've just joined us don't worry we saved your seat sit down sit down sit down sit down 
At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wade stops it, pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. All right, folks, let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. The fun continues tomorrow night against the Oklahoma City Thunder on 95.7 The Game. Tim Roy, Tom Tolbert with you, 6.30 on air, 7 p.m. tip time. Then the homestand continues Saturday against those same Thunder. 95.7 The Game will have you at 5 p.m. on air, 5.30 tip time. That is Filipino Heritage Night. Homestand concludes Monday, November 20th against the Houston Rockets, who have won six in a row, by the way. Ever since that loss to Golden State, they have been spotless. 6.30 on air, 7 p.m. tip time. That is presented by Michelob Ultra. Then a quick trip to Phoenix the day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, November 22nd at the Sun, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time. And then back home on Black Friday to take on Victor Wembenyama in the San Antonio Spurs. That'll be an in-season tournament game, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time presented by Chase Freedom. And Gary, speaking of the in-season tournament, it has certainly provided some early season spice. Huh? I mean, both Golden State games have been absolutely incredible. The one in Oklahoma City, probably the game of the year to this point. Denver Clippers last night was an absolute battle. The the Nuggets eking that one out late. Then how about Anthony Davis getting into a scuffle against Memphis, pushing down Santi Aldama, talking trash with Desmond Bain. Look, I, I know the NBA doesn't like fighting. They do not want to replay the malice of the Palace, but nothing we've seen has come close to that in the NCAA tournament and they have to love the intensity of the games i sure love the intensity of the games i sure love the courts as well well i i just give the players a reason to compete and uh they're fired up about it you you can see it uh, it's for some of them it might be dollars for others it just love the competition i think the coaches love it and i think the league's loving it i think it's a great idea yeah, no, it has certainly been fun to watch thus far. The Warriors are 1-1 one one in group play, and probably to have any hope of getting to the quarterfinals, they would need to win their next two games. They are against San Antonio, and then uh, next two in-season tournament games, I should mention, against San Antonio, and then Tuesday, November 28th at Sacramento, which, by the way, will be the first time Draymond Green is eligible to return to the lineup. So uh, how, how about that for a welcome back game, huh? Wow. Well, you got uh, you got a lot of good feel during that playoff series. And uh, I love it that the two Northern California teams are both really good teams. And uh, I've been watching Phoenix play, I mean, the, um, the Kings play quite a bit. And to get Fox back, I mean, that's like having Steph Curry out and him coming back. Uh, he just played great. And they're, they're, they look a lot better than they did, for example, the very start of the season. So uh, this, this Western Conference, you know, we're going to talk about OKC. That that, that team there, uh, I I asked Greg, my son, about the coach, Dag, Dagnall. Yeah, Mark Dagnall. his background, and le lo and behold, he worked back in my neck of the woods. He was a grad assistant with uh, Jimmy Calhoun, an old friend of mine. And uh, his, yeah, I always look at guy's family tree and where he played, who he coached for, whatever. And this guy here, He's done a great job with this team. Now, we use the expression, you're playing downhill. They're always attacking off the bounce, getting in the paint, cutting into the paint, sharing the ball with each other. 
They got two guys, uh, Shea Gildress Alexander. I know you love him. And this Williams yep. kid from Santa Clara is going to be a terrific player. And I wouldn't count Holmgren out yet uh, for rookie of the year. Uh, we'll see what Wemby does. But uh, that that young guy there, his his game just makes basketball sense. He's almost a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, yeah. He's been a great addition for them. And I think Dort is probably as strong as any middle linebacker in, in the NF, uh, NFL. Uh, so they, they got a heck of a team, and they'll be tough to handle. Yeah, you, you mentioned Mark Dagnalt's coaching background. You mentioned his time with Calhoun. He, he mentioned to me in an interview I, I, I got with him, we talked for 90 minutes during the pandemic one day because we would wow. go back and forth. All all these G, I knew him long from G League days. And he told me because he's very calm on the sidelines. He said he got it from he Ralph is. Willard from uh, the head coach at Col- Holy Cross. He was under Ralph Willard at Holy Cross for a while. I, I don't know well, if you have crossed with Ralph. I know Ralph, Ralph and Willard. I know him from his days with Rick Patino. Okay. And yeah. and uh, heck of a coach, really well-respected guy. Uh, he coached with Sendek, as a matter of fact. And, jeez, uh, that, that's interesting to me because this, this guy here, you, his demeanor is great on, on the bench in today's game. And uh, he's doing a fabulous job. And, by the way, they do have a few draft picks uh, in the future. So their, yeah. their future is, is super-duper bright. Kev, I like these back-to-back games. I don't like playing back-to-back nights, but play the T-Wolves twice and now OKC twice. I I really like this. I I think it's great. Yeah, no, I do too. It's what they've done in the G League forever. You you play a team twice. Usually it'd be a Friday night, Saturday night. It would be on back-to-back nights. Sometimes you do it with a day in between. And look, it just cuts down on the travel. You talk about cutting down on travel. And also, if you have back-to-backs, I know they're trying to you know get rid of as many back-to-backs as possible. It's a lot easier having a back-to-back at home than it is on the road. Back in the day most of your back-to-backs were going to be on the road. It was considered rare when you'd have a home back-to-back, but now they're doing more of that, and I think that's better for everyone involved. Well, before I go to the big court in the sky, <laughs> I think we're going to see the elimination of back-to-backs. They're going to work Re- it out. Completely eliminate, you think so? Yep, I, I think it'll be done. I really, really do. And I think that really saves wear and tear. I've told you many times about the old days for uh, – Four games and five nights on the oh, road yeah. where you'd play two sets of back-to-backs. But you, you didn't even know what town you were in. I mean, it oh, was yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, all right. So if they are to completely get rid of back-to-backs, I mean, we're not playing 82 games, are we? You know, who knows with the future? I mean, <laughs> the other day, Adam's talking about Mexico City, and he's talking about all over the place. We're going to have expansion in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I think that's terrific. They're getting ready for the TV deal, and uh, boy, the league just looks like it's in great shape. Look, I, I mean, I you mentioned Mexico City. One reason they have a G League team in Mexico City is to see if they could put an NBA team down there. Ah, but, great point. But uh, just to finish up on the Thunder, we have a uh, you know three four minutes left. Uh, you know, I wanted to bring up this conversation uh, that that 
Anthony Slater, who used to cover the Oklahoma City Thunder, now covering the Warriors. Now with Chet Holmgren, uh, he could very well be the rookie of the year this year because he didn't play last year. 15.7 points, 7.6 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 53% from the field, 46 from three, Mm. 90 from the line. And he said this, getting 30 points on 35 shots doesn't make you a great score. I try to make my looks count. The more efficient you are, the better chance you have to win a basketball game. And I just loved hearing a young guy make a comment like that. Well, it shows me that uh, parents, great, uh, you know, CYO or high school coaching. And, of course, he co- he played for one of the best college coaches in basketball in Mark Few. Yep. Uh, he understands. that. That's, that's a veteran statement because we call that volume shooting, meaning yep. taking 20 shots to get 20 points. That, to me, is a stinky night. So uh, he, he gets it, and he – his game just makes basketball sense, Kev. He, I, yeah. I really like the way he plays. I mean, his Thunder absolutely dominated San Antonio last night, one twenty-three to eighty-seven to get to seven and four. They are fifth in the West entering tonight. We'll end on this, Gary. The Dubs. They got to get going at home. The road war was taken care of. They're five and two on the road, but they're one and four at Chase Center this year. And look, they haven't shot better than forty-two percent in but just one home game this year. Four of five home games this year, they've shot 42% or worse. They haven't shot better than 36% from three at home. So my question is, when's the detonation coming? When are they going to finally get it going uh, on the either this homestand or in future homestands? Yeah, I think this is a chance right here. Uh, homestands are great for you, and uh, you get a lot of repetition. Coaches are studying the the flow of your offense, transition points, quality of three-point shots. Uh, Are we we getting really, really good looks? Are we forcing it? And uh, then they break it down as far as individuals go. We talked at length about Wiggins. And, um, you know, we haven't talked about Kaminga, but he's going to get an opportunity to play a lot more now with Draymond out. And I, I think playing at home, your role players tend to play better. And so I think you're going to see guys probably shoot the ball better. And that's all about, that's infectious. That's confidence level. And I, I think it'll start to get better here. But, you know, you and I have talked about this. A nemesis has been turnovers. That's been kind of up and down so far. Yep. Committing fouls, that's been a little up and down. But Steph, let's be honest, Steph has put him on his back. Uh, yeah. He's been magnificent. And uh, But just goes to show you, you're going to need more guys as you keep talking about, we need some 20-point games from different guys. And uh, I, I think it's going to get better. And these will be – these two OKC games will be terrific because I, I just uh, – boy, I like the way they play. Yeah, no, they have been a lot of fun to watch this year. The Thunder, then, hey, the Houston Rockets, don't sleep on them. They are 6-3 and three yeah. entering tonight as well. Well, that will do it for us today. A big thank you to our man behind the glass, Mark Grandy and his Oregon Ducks, still undefeated, or still not undefeated. They've got one loss, but it was nice to – it brings a smile to my face whenever anybody beats USC. So congrats <laughs> to the Ducks for doing that. And uh, for Gary St. Jean, Marika Kletto with the, the sponsorship reads, R.C. Davis for helping put the show together. I'm Kevin Dana saying sayonara. We will talk to you actually in a couple of weeks because we got Thanksgiving week off, but we'll be back with you in two weeks right here on 95.7 The Game. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry breaks it through, one hand three, up and good. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That playful and nailed it. 
Nailed it. 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.